Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Ephesians with chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. In Christ, we have an inheritance that is guaranteed. It is secured by the power and the integrity of God Himself, including a dramatic and powerful down payment. Just what have we inherited in Christ? We inherited righteousness, sanctification, peace with God, power, the fruit of the Spirit, suffering, the kingdom, access to the throne of God in prayer, and several dozen other things. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he teaches Paul's description of our inheritance in several facets in today's slice of the message entitled, Your Inheritance is Guaranteed. Let me show you a parallel passage that describes almost all the things that we've been seeing in Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. It's over in Romans chapter 8, a pivotal chapter in the New Testament defining what it means to be in Christ. And Paul gets down to the end of that and he says this, for verse 29 and 30, for those whom he foreknew, we've already met foreknowledge in Ephesians, right? Those whom He foreknew, He also predestined. We've met predestination in Ephesians chapter 1. Those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom, now listen to this, whom He predestined, He also called. Those whom He called, He also justified. Those whom He justified, He also glorified. Do you understand? No one gets lost at any point in that sequence. Every single one that He predestines, He calls effectually to come to the Son. Every single one that He calls is justified. And every single one that He justified is glorified. And notice they're all past tenses. Now, how many of you are glorified? I'm not. Okay? That's a a literary device where you use a past tense because it is so certain even though it's in the future. It's certain because it's guaranteed by God. He's the one whose will is being played out in history. And notice what the Holy Spirit is called in this section, back in Ephesians 1. Having also believed, you were sealed in Him, verse 14, with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was given as a pledge of our inheritance. He is called the Holy Spirit of promise. This is a reflection of the the many promises that the Holy Spirit would come that Jesus gave, John 14, John 15, John 16, Acts 1, Acts 2. He is the Holy Spirit who was promised, but He's also the Holy Spirit who guarantees the promises of God. Oh, and by the way, you know what the name of the Holy Spirit is? 
the Holy Spirit. His first name is Holy, kind of. You might say that. In other words, He's the source of holiness for believers. If you think you can't live a holy life, well, you're right. You can't. But you have in you the spirit of holiness, who is also the spirit of promise. Only the Holy Spirit can enable you to live the life that God wants you to live. And He's the one who empowers you to make the right choices to be holy. File that thought for, oh, I don't know, Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to see that thought over and over again. But here's a summary in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Paul writes, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. That's the context where he says the flesh and the Holy Spirit, they're in opposition to each one another, to one another. That's, that's why there's such a battle. Now, in a lot of preaching these days, it would make you think that he really is the jolly spirit or that everything in Christ is all fun and joy and health and wealth and happiness and success. And that's approximately exactly wrong. That's not, it's not a thing about this world. Your inheritance is in the next world. Now, we just read from Proverbs about how much better it is to live righteously than unrighteously. Yes, there's wisdom you can apply that will make your life in this world better, but don't make the mistake, this is not it. As I've said many times, no one who understands the gospel could ever write a book for Christians and call it your best life now. That is a bald-faced lie. You can't say that unless you're going to hell. Your best life is, oh my word, it is with God in the presence of the Lord. It's in the new heaven and the new earth. So you can walk by the Spirit and you will have victory over sin. You will have blessings. But part of the blessing is that if you look like Jesus, the world's going to treat you like they treated Jesus. And they hated Him. So, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's in this world, Second Timothy 3.12. But because you are sealed for the day of redemption, you have the power to face what comes to you in this world because of your commitment of faith to Christ. Now, notice again the beginning of verse 14. Having also believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of your inheritance. Now, pledge is a really cool word. It means something like a, a down payment. Or if, if they had the concept that we have of engagement ring, this is the word that would best fit it. A man can say to a woman, I love you. I want to be with you. I would like to spend the rest of my life with you. Now that's great. But if it's accompanied by a diamond, it means more, right, Easton? Okay. He just tested this verse. It worked. All right? 
God has done just that for you. He has given you something to say. Now, I, don't, I don't hope you make it. I guarantee you make it. I am the guarantee. If you've ever bought a house, you, uh, you had to make an offer. And just to make the offer, you had to give a chunk of money and it was held. It would be held toward the purchase if it comes through. But you had to give a chunk of money to validate your offer is for real. In our world, we call that earnest money, right? Well, go read the King James and see what in Elizabethan English they translated this word as. The earnest of our inheritance. The one that guarantees that the one who is making the promise will come through. That's exactly what God has done. He is committed to you and He gives you the guarantee of the full inheritance. He chose you. He saved you. He sealed you. And He empowers you all the while by giving you the down payment on eternity who also provides the power for you to live for His glory right now. What about your inheritance? Well, you've seen the benefactor, the basis, the purpose, the requirement of the heirs, the guarantee, now the substance of the inheritance. It's in verse 14. Who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. Now, think this through. The previous little section that we studied was on the doctrine of redemption, right? That we have been redeemed. Christ went and paid the price to set us free from our slavery to sin so that we can now, by our own choice, follow Him uh, in love. Well, now He's saying, even though He just told you you're redeemed, that the Holy Spirit has given in a pledge with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. Here's how you put that together. There's still another step in your redemption. Oh, the price is paid. The deal is done. The guarantee is irrevocable. But there's still a final phase. We, as a matter of fact, usually call it final redemption. That final redemption is when you're set free from what Romans Seven calls the body of this death. You're set free with your, all of your links to the, uh, to the evil world system through your own uh, flesh. That's all severed and you're given a new body which is sinless, perfect, deathless, and perfect for being in the presence of God forever. So you have justification, you've been declared righteous, you've been redeemed, you have sanctification going on, God already sees you perfectly holy in Christ, but as you mature in your walk with Him, you grow in sanctification. But this is talking about glorification, that final step. Justification is yours now, sanctification is in process, glorification is coming. And the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that sanctification will be finalized. Glorification will occur. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.